I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom Show, episode 28. I'm excited to dive in and do a little bit of a Q&A episode. This week, we've started our holiday money-saving challenge, where my goal is to help you find $500 for the holidays. We're actually on day four by the time this episode airs, but if you want to come join us, go to a apurposedrivermom.com slash holiday money saving. You'll jump in on day four, but you'll also be able to access days one through three. The women in this group are having complete breakthroughs about their money, their goals, where they can find money, where they can make changes in their budget. It's been so much fun and we want you to join. So again, a purposeofamom.com slash holiday money saving. It's not too late. Come on over. I'm also giving away incredible prizes. My course, Busy on a Budget, it's a self-paced budgeting course. It opens on Friday for the only time in 2019. So if you are looking to start 2020 with a bang to figure out your budgeting, now is the time to get it. Because for the first time ever, I'm offering a four-week coaching component to go along with the course, which means I'm going to go hand-in-hand with you in a group coaching setting. We are going to make sure that your budget is set up for 2020. So if you're someone who buys courses and never finishes them, so you're someone who wants to ask a lot of questions, this is for you. You can go to a purposedrivermom.com slash busy on a budget. Right now, the waitlist page is open, but as of tomorrow, you will be able to join. So make sure you come over. But if you're in the challenge, I'm giving away a scholarship. So head over, complete all five days of assignments, and you are going to be eligible to win that scholarship. One of the things I did when we got into this holiday money saving challenge was I asked questions for people when they came into the Facebook group. The one question I asked them was like, what is your biggest struggle with your finance and your budgeting? And I've been compiling hundreds of answers and I took the five most common ones that came across and I want to answer them for you today. These five came from moms that are just like you, ones who might be struggling paycheck to paycheck or might have money in savings but don't know where to go from here to pay off their debt or are consistently leaning on their credit cards or unable to figure out how they can talk to their spouse about money. So these are questions I know are going to help you. I will put a bunch of links and anything I talk to over in the show notes at a purposeshipmom.com slash podcast 28. The first question that came up more common than I realized was how to get your spouse on board. The question was like, me and my spouse are not on the same page when it comes to finances. What can we do to get started? This I feel like is a struggle A lot, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, a lot of the conversations we're having in the group, I'm hearing women use languages like it's his money because he works out of the house. And I want to encourage you that your feelings are completely valid. I felt that way too when my husband was making more money than me, that I didn't deserve to spend the money because it was his money. I didn't want to buy him gifts with his money. When you get married, it's your money. And I think that one of the most important things you do when you get married is to join your bank accounts. If your church is a financial peace class, I really recommend you take it while you're engaged, if possible, if not as early in your marriage, so that you can get on the same page. But but what if you're not? What if your husband typically does the bills and you don't have a clue what's going on? Because I've been there. In the beginning of our debt journey, when we were paying off but bills, when we had enough extra income, I took the lead on that. I was actually paying the bills and doing a lot of it by myself. Then when uh, we struggled with money, I ignored it. 
And I'm not proud to say it, but I didn't even know the login to get into our bank account. I didn't want to know because I knew it was bad. And I knew that the more I looked at it, the more stressed out I would get. And I ignored it for almost a year. I let him just to take control of the finances. Now, luckily my husband's like a good steward with our finance. He wasn't like spending it, but we had gotten down a really bad path. The mortgage was late, like things like that. And I didn't even know. And I think if I had known how bad it truly was for us when we were on, you know, in the deepest valley, I probably would have taken a part-time job sooner. It took me till uh, January. So he was out of work for over a year before I took a second job. And I think if I had known and paid more attention, I would have been more conscious of doing something faster. So it's important that you guys talk things over. My recommendation to you is if you're not in the process at all, if you don't know about the bill pay, if it's payday and you're not sure what's happening and your spouse does it, I would ask them and say, you know, I know that you typically do our bills. Can I just sit and hang with you? I'd love to see how you do it and just be involved. That's how I got back involved in our process. My husband has a spreadsheet. He has the way he likes to do it. I didn't want to take over. Here's the thing. For a lot of men, like that is their thing, like running the finances. They feel this, uh, it's kind of a burden, right, to provide. It's what society's told us. It's what a lot of men feel on their shoulders, what they've heard growing up, like that they're supposed to take care of things like this. So I realized that me stepping out of the equation was putting all that pressure on my husband to do it alone. He had to deal with the late bills. He had to deal with trying to figure out the money stuff all by himself. So when I just said to him, can I just sit and watch you do it? I could hear him like breathe a little bit, this sigh of relief, like, oh, you want to like help a little bit? Okay, cool. And since then, things have changed for us. So my first recommendation is sit down and ask, like, can I just see how you do it and what it looks like? Because one, he might not have any sort of system and that could be where you can teach him or learn together or develop a system that works. You don't even know, right? You might have more debt than you realize. You might have less debt. You might have a ton of money and savings that you don't even know about. Uh, I had asked my husband about life insurance the other day because I truthfully didn't even know our life insurance plan. Now, this is not good. Like, I need to know these things. I'm an adult. This is my life too. And I need to know, like, what we're paying for life insurance and how much we're putting into the 401ks, like, all those things. And I just kind of, like, let him do it. So step one, ask, can I just watch? Can I just be involved in your process? Not because I want to tell you how to do it, but I'm just curious. And literally, just be curious. I know that it drove my husband crazy in the beginning when then I would stop and just ask 3,000 questions and he felt like I was attacking the way he had been doing our finances and that's not what I wanted. So I sat down and had an honest conversation and said, listen, you've been doing an amazing job and I appreciate all that you've done to keep our family afloat with our finances. I just feel like I want to be a part of it right now. I don't know what's going on and it's important to me. So if you could just let me be involved in the beginning and I'll just like check your system out and that's all I want to do. And that's all I did. I just kind of like observed and checked it out. Now, luckily, his system was a pretty good system because we had done this before. We had gone through Total Money Makeover. We knew how to budget. We've got a great spreadsheet. Uh, it's in the Bizana Budget course, our exact spreadsheet that we use. It works for us. So I knew what he was doing. I just didn't know all the numbers. Now, you might sit there and say, well, we don't even have a system. Well, that's when you might want to invest in learning a system. You, get, uh, the, you need a budget, YNAB app, or you know, just sit down with a financial advisor. You need some sort of system. If your situation is like pretty dire, well, that's when you guys need to have the conversation. What is our real issue right now? And you ask yourself this question. Do you have an income 
problem or a spending problem. Because if you have a spending problem, there's a lot of solutions you can take action on right now to stretch the budget. If you have an income problem, it's a little bit trickier, but it's possible because it means that you need to figure out ways to make more money to pay your basic bills. So you sit down, you have those conversations. Now, what about your kids? This is another question that came up. How can we involve our kids in this process? I think it's important to be very open and honest with your kids from the beginning. I'd mentioned in a previous episode that I had done about money mindset that I was not involved. I didn't even know how to like write a check. Uh, you know, I didn't know any of these things until I became an adult. And it's important that we teach our kids these things so that they can be good adults who are good stewards of their finances as well. So one of the easiest ways to get started is talking about tithing. And what God asks them to bring, you can show it in the Bible. And we have um, Ariana, she'll bring from her little piggy bank a dime or here or there, you know, because that's easy for her to her recognize. You have a dollar here, you take 10 cents, you get to keep all the rest of these coins. Here's 90 of these. And I think at that age, it's so good for her to see, like, look how much you get to keep. And then God just asked for this little bit. You think you can give God one of these dimes? Yeah, sure, mommy. And she brings it in and it's really cute every week. Uh, we work a little bit hard on this with our older um, child just because... You know, at that age, money is very important and there's a lot of other factors, but we still give the same messaging. You can also start to think about what chores look like in your home. We do not pay our kids for chores because they do things because they live there is kind of our attitude, like keeping your room clean, putting your dishes away. Uh, but if you do something extra above and beyond, we will pay them. So my husband typically does the lawn work, but if my 13-year-old does it, you know, we will give him extra money. And lately, I've been hiring him to do some work for the blog and I'll pay him things like that. Ariana is supposed to put her clothes away. She's almost four years old, right? She puts her clothes in the hamper. But if she like goes above and beyond and like takes her brother's clothes and puts them in the hamper too, I might give her a dime just to show like going above and beyond and letting them earn a little income because then they have money to talk about tithing with. You also can include your kids when it comes to savings. If you're saving for something and you make the saving goal, that was one of the assignments we did on Monday was we made six week, one year, and five year saving goals. If you're making a savings goal and you want to take your family to Disney, cash, you know, without the credit cards, you're going to have to make some sacrifices probably. Maybe instead of going out to eat uh, four times a week, you might only go one time a week. And your kids will probably say, like, oh, mom, I want to go out to eat. Can't we go get this? And that's when, instead of just saying, we don't have the money, I, I really don't recommend saying that phrase in front of your kids at all. Like, we don't have the money for that. I recommend the phrase, we're choosing not to spend our money on that. I think that subtle tweak matters. But instead of even doing that, you tell them, well, you know what? We do typically go out to eat a lot, but we're not going to be doing that this week because we are saving to go on a vacation. Don't you want to go on vacation? And every dollar that we can save gets us closer to going on a vacation. Make a savings chart, something we did on Monday in the challenge, and make a little savings jar. Let them see the money. And then say, like, you can throw any of your money in here, any change that you find. Uh, if you do extra jobs, you want to put your money in there. Uh, and then know that as it gets higher and higher, then we're going to get closer to vacation. Involve them in the process because then when you're saying no at the toy store or not buying that like third option of snack at the grocery store, you can say, well, you know, remember, we have our family savings goal and this is what we're working towards and that's why we're not doing this right now. And I think that's important. I'm going to pause our Q&A today because I want to tell you about a special promotion coming from our sponsor today's ad, Woosh Beauty. I've been using the Woosh Fold-Out Face for a few months now, and I'm in love with it. There's something about taking a little bit of care of myself and knowing that I'm using a product that has no parabens or sulfates, it's clearing my skin up. I don't know. I have a little bit of swagger, a little confidence right now when I leave the house. Woosh's Fold-Out Face has everything you need. It's got eyeshadows and concealers and contours and blushes. 
I've been having so much fun with this super simple kit that teaches you how to do your makeup and feel confident. This week only, until the 23rd of November, my friends have given me a code for 40% off for my listeners. That is insane. Not only is this fold-out face a great deal anyway, but you can get anything over at whooshbeauty.com for 40% off when you use the code PURPOSE40. But you need to hurry because the coupon code is going to go away on Sunday, the 23rd. I'm going to have it all linked over on my show notes, but I really recommend this. If you're looking for a gift for you and you're not sure what to ask, I know my husband's always like, what do you want for Christmas? And I never can think of anything. Girl, send him this link because this is going to make you feel so amazing. My palette is still lasting months later. You're going to love it. Head over to whooshbeauty.com. Use the code PURPOSE40 at checkout and you will get 40% off. All right, another common question that got brought up when I asked the moms that are in this holiday money saving challenge, and again, you can jump in at purposedrivenmom.com slash holiday money saving, is just staying motivated. I start a budget all the time and I don't know how to stick with it. I can't tell you how many times people said that statement already this week. The thing with budgeting is that it can be a long journey. We started our budgeting journey at $400,000 in debt. It included each of us having $100,000 in student loans, a house, and $100,000 in consumer debt. Credit cards, we had a timeshare, we had two cards, we had personal loans. We were drowning in debt. And listen, We've paid off a lot of it, but it's still there because we're still trying to get there. So it's been five years since we've started our debt plan. And truthfully, we're not as close as we want it to be. I saw a Facebook memory that came up that said I wanted to be debt free by the end of 2019. And it kind of hurt because I know that we would have been able to get there, but we had a lot of life circumstances that got in our way. And that happens. That is going to happen when you start your debt reduction journey. Something's going to come up. Um, And we probably have had our entire five years of marriage, something come up every few months. And it has been challenging, but we stay the course. We didn't get in any more debt, though, because we know how to budget our money. Um, But there was a time period. Again, I've told this story where my husband was out of work. We couldn't pay bills, so we just got behind. Um, And now things are coming out the other end, and we're feeling like we are in a better place. Now, here's the thing though. If you have a lot of debt like we did and still do, it's gonna take you a while to get out of it. It could take anywhere from three months, depending on how much debt you have, to five years. And you need to do things to stay motivated along the way. The first time we did the Total Money Makeover, we lived on what Dave Ramsey calls like the rice and beans diet, where you eat very cheap, we had zero extras, and we did pay off $60,000, including cash flowing our wedding but it wasn't any fun. Uh, We were pretty miserable. We didn't have any fun that entire time. I mean, I'm happy now knowing that I didn't have to go into debt to get married or any of those things, be able to pay off both our car notes and our timeshare. I mean, it felt really good, but knowing that we had to keep going was really disheartening. Like after the wedding, we like took a breath a little bit, relaxed a little bit, and then got back on. This time around, going into budgeting, we didn't have a lot of extra money because my husband wasn't working. So we literally could not do anything fun. Um, And it changed my mindset a little bit. You know, we have three kids, and we had a very hard Christmas that year. We barely had anything to give them. We didn't have extra money for food. I just remember standing at ShopRite, like, uh, a couple days before Christmas, trying to get, like, a couple cans of biscuits and something to make, like, a special breakfast for my kids and my card not going through, like, my my EBT card, uh, which is for the food stamps, and just crying because I didn't even have $5 to my name. Like, It was so challenging, we couldn't do anything fun. So now that we have a little wiggle room with our budget, 
we've decided to add in fun things to keep us motivated. But you have to still do it on a budget. So I recommend this uh, bite-sized budgeting. It's what I teach in Busy on a Budget. And it's when you, instead of, oh, I'm going to change everything overnight, you take these small changes and you make them over a few weeks, over a few months, and soon you start to see big wins. So it's not like saying, oh, we're going to be Spartan all of a sudden and not have anything and sell everything in our home and whatever, Um, which I do think there are times when you're going after a goal, like it's important and I recommend that once a quarter you have like um, a finance sprint uh, where you're just really no spend for that week and all that money would go into whatever your goal is. But in general, this slow and steady allows you to see wins and allows you to stay motivated. So celebrate as you hit goals. Make goals for yourself. That's the first thing. So many people don't do it. Make financial goals. If your first goal is to have $1,000 in an emergency fund, if you hit that $1,000, you better go celebrate. Now, here's what's hard, I think. When you're on a financial journey, you feel like, oh, celebrate's going to cost money. We don't want to spend money. The thing is, it's okay to spend money to celebrate if you do it on a budget. So you might have gone out before to celebrate and spent a hundred and something dollars on a nice dinner. Well, instead, if you haven't had much treats for yourself or fun in like six weeks because you were working on your budget, well, taking yourself out somewhere to go to Chipotle and have a date night for a lot less money, it's still okay, but budget it. Pick the amount you're going to spend and it's okay. We also budget in for a fun budget every week. It's $5 a week and you do whatever you want with it. If I want to go to Wawa and buy coffee, I go buy coffee. If my husband wants to save his for the month and buy himself something he can, he likes to buy packs of gum, like silly things like that. The kids get it as well. So that this way, we can still have fun with our kids. If I want to do something enjoyable with my children, I can still take them out for ice cream, but I can't take them out for ice cream and take them for pizza and then we pay to go to the museum. Like I can't do all of that in one week, I just pick. And that's what budgeting is. It's about prioritizing what actually matters to you and spending money on those things. That's why when I invested in a business coach this year, a friend of mine who's also on a debt journey was like, I can't believe you're gonna spend this much on this. Like, you know, that could go to this X payment or whatever I'd spend it on. And I just said, you know what? I see the investment in this and I'm worth investing in. And I had to dig into that money mindset that told me I wasn't good enough for it or I wasn't worthy. And I said, I know that I am gonna see a return on this, not only financially, but mentally, and in my own self-care and my own self-worth, and that's important. So I wanna encourage you too, like there are things you can treat yourself to that are worth it. If you see something you like, make a list of it. I always recommend like if you see it on a Facebook ad, click on it, because then they'll stalk you on Facebook for a while, you won't forget about it. Uh, And then when they have a sale, they will send you the coupon code. You don't have to buy it right away. You just wait, get the coupon code, and then you can buy it as a discount, as your reward, but only do it when you hit your goal. So I invested in this business coaching because I had hit a goal. If you had said you want to organize your budget and you finally get it organized, take $5 and go treat yourself to something to say, like, good job. Make small goals for yourself. Now, don't break the budget. Don't go crazy. A small reward is gonna keep you over the long term. Maybe you say that if you hit your monthly goals, you guys are gonna do something special as a family and go out to eat. So maybe your monthly goal is that you don't eat out at all, and then at the end of the month, if you do it, you get to go treat yourselves to dinner. Creating monthly challenges is one of the best ways to stay motivated. 
Uh, I like to do uh, no spend on um, eating out for a month, or maybe we'll do no spend at the dollar store. One of the things we did this week in the challenge is we went through and we printed out our last month's bank statements. And in doing that, I was able to see places I'd started to spend more. I noticed that I was buying more with my PayPal account, like online, if I saw like a digital product I wanted. I noticed that I had stopped at the dollar store more than normal and Target. And so I'm gonna start saying no spend at this store. And it's gonna help me that month. So if I have a no spend at Target month, if I need something, like I could just get it at a different store. But I realized after looking at my budget that Target was a trigger for me. I go in for one thing, we go down the black hole of Target, we buy a whole bunch of things that we don't need, we go over the budget. So if you notice that Target's your trigger or Home Goods or whatever the place is, you're going to Chick-fil-A all month, say, I'm gonna do a no spend for this month. And if we get through the whole month doing a no spend at this store on this thing, like I'm gonna have no spend on beauty. If you notice you're buying yourself a lot of beauty products or um, getting your nails done a lot, or I don't know, something that you find is like excessive in your budget and saving, you know, costing money, go ahead do a no spend challenge and then say at the end of the month, I'll treat myself. And I bet your mindset will change around that. You'll notice, wow, I don't need to buy uh, this hair care product. Like every time I go to the store, like I don't need to keep buying new hair care products. Like I can just wait and once a month I can buy one that I need. What I also recommend you do during your no spend challenges is you take any of that money that you would actually use and you take it out in cash and you put it in your savings envelopes. So if, for example, this isn't something going on credit card. So if you notice, that every time you went to Target, you were using your credit card. You're not gonna take anything out because you're just gonna stop using your credit card for that. But if it comes out of your debit um, account, look at the average you spent at Target last month, for example, or, or Chick-fil-A. Say on average you spent, I don't know, if you take your family out to eat once a week and you spend 30 bucks, right? So that's 120, we'll say 150 bucks you spend at Chick-fil-A because maybe you have a big family, everyone gets, like my kids share a kid's meal, so maybe everyone gets their own meal. If you notice you spent 150 bucks at Chick-fil-A this month, go in, um, where are we, we're in November. So in go in December and say this is a Chick-fil-A spending freeze. We are not buying Chick-fil-A all month and if we do, the 1st of January, we will all go to Chick-fil-A and have Chick-fil-A. Take that $150 out in cash because you were you know, spending it out of your debit and put it in whatever your goal envelope is. If you were saving your $1,000 for emergency fund or for example, this week at the challenge, we're saving $500 for the holidays. Because if you leave the 150 in your account, then you're just gonna spend it somewhere else. So tell it what to do. If you have a debt reduction plan, this is what I did the first time we were paying off debt when we had extra income uh, to go. Like right now we're at the place where like we can you know pay the bills, but like we don't have a lot of extra. But when we had extra, I would go through and I would take that $150 and I would put it right to my lowest debt payment, so my credit card, that day. I, the first of the month I would do the bills and say, great, I'm doing a Chick-fil-A spending freeze. Last month we spent $150 in Chick-fil-A. This month I'm going to put $150 right on my credit card and no Chick-fil-A this month. And I would put it there. So you have a couple options. Put it right towards the debt, take it out in cash, or slide it into your emergency fund for savings. But make it fun for yourself. The more fun you make it, the better it's gonna be in the long run. The last question I want to touch on today uh, in a shorter episode, but this Q&A style that came from the Holiday Money Saving Challenge. And again, go join us. It's been so much fun at PurposeDriverMom.com slash Holiday Money Saving. I've also been going live on my Facebook page every single day at 11 a.m. So you can go watch those videos too with more tips. But a big common question that came up was like, I don't even have a budget. Like I have no budget. I lean on my credit cards. I'm impulse buying. Like I don't even know where to start. What do I do? So those are kind of like three things tied into one. The first thing I recommend is that you find out where you've been. You have to assess where you've been to figure out where you wanna go. 
This is the problem with a lot of goals that we set. We then try to do them like so big right away, feel failure, and then quit. So I recommend using this bite-sized budgeting. So take these steps and get started on them. The first thing is printing out three to six months of bank statements. Go through those three to six months with some color-coded highlighters. Decide what color eating out is going to be is purple and uh, kid stuff is orange and groceries is yellow. Go through, separate them, code them. Tally up how much you're spending as you know, typical. And do this for like your debit, your any credit cards, any store cards, um, like your, even your PayPal, like I mentioned earlier, like I've been using my PayPal a lot because uh, with my job, with the blog, like I get paid through PayPal. And so I, in, I only transfer money out of my PayPal on my paydays, 15th and the 30th. So that money kind of sits there and I've noticed myself lately, the money's been sitting there, I've been getting paid, it feels really good. And then I see something, I'm like, oh, they take PayPal. Okay, <laughs> let me buy this for the business. Like I'm not thinking about the spending. So go through and highlight. Then you're gonna categorize and say, this is how much I'm spending in all these areas. I need to figure out where to go from here with budgeting, okay? So step one, awareness. Step two is, well, you gotta pay your bills first. So we have a simple spreadsheet, like I've mentioned, in Busy on a Budget. And again, if you go to a purposedrivenmom.com slash busy on a budget, you're going to be able to get on the wait list um, for tomorrow when the course opens. It's going to be at a discounted price. The only time you got to get it all year and a four-week coaching program, which is perfect for people who are like, I need help to do this. Um, you know, I need some sort of financial help as I go through this. I can't do this alone. I really hope you come join us. Uh, if you're struggling financially, I know that it may seem like, oh, I can't invest in a course or coaching to help me get there, but I want to hold your hand and get you th to a place where you can start 2020 feeling less stressed about money, less overwhelmed, not letting money own you or like put a burden on your marriage. I want to help you start the year feeling free. So make sure you come over to a purposedrivenmom.com slash busy on a budget. But the second um, thing that I would say is after you have this awareness is you figure out what bills you have to pay first. So we have a spreadsheet, you get it in busy on a budget. Basically, you put in all the bills, you put in their due dates, their minimum amounts, it's Excel, it calculates it for you, and you put in your income. This can be harder. I know people were asking questions like, well, if I don't get paid every um, other week, I know for me, my pay is variable. Every single week, I don't know what I'm going to get paid. Uh, and that can be very challenging. There are some things I can plan, like when I have sponsors or if I did an affiliate program, I know I get paid out six weeks out. But it's, it's challenging to know what I'm actually going to get paid. So my bills are very hard to do. So I understand if you're in a place like that with like a pay that isn't always the same. But if you put it in, you'll then see, okay, these are my bills. Then where do I go from here? Now, if you get there and you don't even have enough to pay those bills, I get some good techniques um, in the course that will help you figure out how to make these bills more manageable, how you can talk to companies, et cetera. But if you have extra money at the end, then you ask yourself, all right, what am I doing with this? All my main bills are paid. I then recommend you look at just the two, one to two basics. In my head, basics are food and gas. That is it. Um, and you can even consider food things like diapers and household. I have them as separate budgets, but they could be the same. So you look at what you spent last month on food and gas, for example, and say you find that you spent $700 on, on groceries last month, um, which is a lot more than we spend, but I know that we're on a tight budget, so maybe that's your reality, right? So $700 is what you're spending, and you're like, I need to make a budget, because if I just have a budget, it'll help me stay on it, it'll help me stay on track. You need something where you're going to the store with the calculator. You're not just spending to spend. You need to be intentional by purposes. So can you go through and take $100 off that? Can you spend $600 on groceries for the month? Uh, 
I think it's completely doable no matter how big your family is. But it's not drastically slashing your budget so much that you feel resentful, that you feel like you don't have enough, that you're stressing about it. Because what is that, $25 a week? $25 a week is spent in the impulse section right before checkout, right, if you're not careful. So just by being aware, you will do better with your budget. And then the next time you get paid, decrease it a little more, decrease it a little more until you get to a place where it's like, a little too tight, but feels good. So right now, our budget's $100 a week. For our, our family of five, it's become tight. Um, my 13-year-old eats a lot, my two-year-old eats a lot, my four-year-old wastes a lot. Uh, and we eat pretty healthy, as much organic as we can buy. And $100 a week is just like not cutting it. So I said to my husband, well, let's just up it by $20 and see if that helps. Because I'm getting stressed at the end of the week trying to like make this work, when if I had like an extra 20 in wiggle room, I feel like it would be better. And that's how we personally make our budget. Then go through and do the same thing for gas. Now, gas is a harder one. Um, depending on your commute, you probably can't change that. So that's like a set, a set amount that you'll probably want to save. If you have any money after that, if, you, if you've done like your necessities, and you might have other necessities. Maybe you have medical bills um, that you need or prescriptions you have to save for, dog food, um, et cetera. So, you know, I say those two, but you might have others that you're like, oh, these are necessities. Then you see what you have left. Now, if you already have $1,000 in an emergency fund, cool, you can move on to some of the extra budgets. If you don't, first step, put it in. If you don't put $1,000 in your emergency fund and you're saying, I'm not using credit cards anymore, which is also something I recommend, well then, if something happens, you're gonna have to turn to your credit card because you don't have the money. So try to do that first. And then you can add in the fund budgets the actual fun budget, but also things that are enjoyable, a clothing budget, um, some more of the kid budget, a date night budget, an eating out budget. Um, and you'll go through the same process to create it. You'll go through the process of saying, what did I spend for the last three to six months on average? I'm gonna decrease that because I'm on a budget. <laughs> I'm trying to stick on it. And then um, that's how much I'm gonna take. And I, we're not gonna get into cash budgeting here. That's something I teach in the course, um, but I recommend you do it in cash. And then again, you take that extra amount. So if you are at the point where you have enough to put some disposable income for a date night every month, and maybe you spent $300 on date night last uh, month because y'all went crazy uh, and had a good time, then maybe this month you say, uh, let's go on a date night. Maybe we go on two but let's only spend this amount. So that means I know that instead of let's spend 200, which means I know we need this much for a babysitter. We'll have to pick maybe places that are a little bit cheaper to eat out at, or maybe we don't do eating out and an event or something, or you just do both, or we look on Groupon first. It's just about awareness. Budgeting doesn't have to be this restrictive, crazy thing that makes you feel uh, stressed out all the time. When you are just constantly thinking about money and lack of money, that's what you're just attracting. You're not attracting this like positive life of abundance. Make it fun, make it enjoyable. Um, make goals for yourself and set them and you can get there. I know that it can seem hard. I know how it feels to feel desperate about your finances and to not know what to do and where to turn. But know that there's hope and that it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to be in debt. Your kids don't have to live a debt lifestyle either. This is up to you and you have the power to change it. Don't shame yourself for any past mistakes. I lived in that for too long where I shamed myself and I still, struggle with this one um, because I do. I feel like, oh, well, we shouldn't have bought that. We made some silly purchases when we moved into this home and we got up in some bank loans to fix like the outside of the house. And th that's not something we should have done. And I often am like, oh, we're so dumb. Why did we do that? But you need to cut that out. You can't shame yourself for it. If you have made hard financial decisions, if you need to get help financially, it's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. This is not something many people are taught 
as kids. I'm learning that in our group as well. Many of us are not taught this. And so don't get mad at yourself. Don't shame yourself, but say, I know better. I'm going to do better. So last call, if you want to come over to the Holiday Money Saving Challenge and get the recordings at a purposeshivermom.com slash holiday money saving. And also, I really hope that you come over to Busy on a Budget. All the show notes and everything you need is going to be at a purposeofermom.com slash podcast 28. Come join us if you have other questions. I had a list of like 10 more questions I wanted to get to, but I wanted to keep this episode a little short um, because I know I've been going live a lot and doing a lot of training on money over in my group. And I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast are also in the group already. So you're like, oh, Kara, we, we're doing a lot of learning with you today. So I want to keep this uh, short. I'm going to keep a list of these other questions and maybe I'll do a part two of this a little bit later on in the year. If you do have financial questions though, please send me a DM on Instagram, reach out. If you're sitting there with highlighters to your bank account today, I'd love to see a picture. Uh, Tag me on IG. I, I just love seeing people take action from the tips that I give. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. If you're in the United States, enjoy the holiday week coming up and just embrace the rest of the holidays from a season of gratitude and not overwhelming stress. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to apurposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again, and have an amazing day.